my life is in a really cool chapter. I have this job that I really like. Yeah. I also have this music thing. And getting to the point where I've been able to create these two worlds for myself to live is really awesome. And now I have to ask myself, shit, we got here. What's next? Hey, what's up, everybody? I'm Derek, founder and CEO of Bunches, and your host here at Start Something. Let's go. I'm here with Caroline McGowan, musician, fashionista. It's good to see you. Thanks. Good to see you, too. Yes. So we're going to jump right in with what I warned you about are these silly questions that we call hacks. Every guest gets them. And so when I'm asking you these questions, I'm not asking your favorite. Okay. I'm asking who you are as a person. Listeners want to know. So if you were a global city, any city in the world, what city do you think you would be? You're going to hate this answer. I might. I think Nashville. I do not. That is my answer. Oh, nice. Yeah. Even before I moved here, that was my answer. Why Nashville? It really agrees with me. I've lived okay. in a couple different places. I'm originally from Des Moines, and I lived in Portland, yeah. Oregon for a while yeah. as well. Yeah. And I did some city shopping before I finally arrived at Nashville. And okay. I scored these different cities, D.C., Chicago, New York, Miami, L.A. I scored them on things that I like that are important to me. And I like that Nashville really feels like home, but it can do things at a global scale, like specifically yeah. in music. And yeah. I just thought that was, I like having it all. And I feel like Nashville is a town that has it all. So what were some of your criteria then? Parking did you, spots. Did you actually score? Are you uh, like a spreadsheet numbers kind of person? No, I'm like an armchair scorer. Okay. Like, if you, like that's like a 20 minute TED talk I'll give another time. But, okay. <laughs> but I do have a rubric for thinking about cities and just the general, you get a general pulse on how comfortable people are yep. in their friend groups and in their jobs. For sure. And with their, with means to the future. I liked that there were parking spots. People could get around, yeah. go at their own pace. So you were serious about parking spots. I was dead serious about it. <laughs> I know that sounds so weird, but there's something very freeing about knowing you can get when you want, where you want. And you don't like have to think that. about it 100%. Yeah, and weather's part of it. Yeah. I like a stylish city. I think Nashville's a stylish city. For sure. It's like Yellowstone chic. <laughs> Which I'm here for. <laughs> I love that show. Cool. We're going to talk about Nashville later. It's near and yeah, dear yeah. to our heart for sure. Second question, if you were a fruit, what fruit would you be? Again, not your favorite. I, the fruit that came to mind is a plum. Wow. I don't think I've ever had someone answer a plum. Okay. I've asked these questions hundreds, literally hundreds of times. I think plum is overlooked. It is. The, it has to be a perfectly ripe plum, of course. Okay. Not just any plum will do, but I think a perfect plum is juicy, crunchy, yep. got yep. a little tart and sweet. Yep. And it's not too much fruit. Sometimes you get a honey crisp apple the size of your head too much fruit yeah you want something that leaves you wanting just a little bit more it's like snack size yeah yeah and it has a solid core yeah you're not getting through it it's something integral yeah that. you're not gonna break solid it core yeah 100 <laughs> percent. if you were a beverage what beverage would you be alcoholic caffeinated doesn't matter wow i'm gonna give the answer mint tea okay warm but refreshing. Yeah, a hundred percent. But also it's not like some teas, not all teas. A lot of teas are like very flavorful, but mint tea has that extra kind of. Yeah. Yeah. It leaves an aftertaste. Right. You remember mint tea. That's right. You remember your first mint tea. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't want mint tea, 
You shouldn't have. Oh, yeah, you know yeah, I mean? yeah not for sure. for everybody. That's right. Like, I'm not for everybody. That's right. But, but if you like men, too. Yeah. Yeah. I might be for you. I don't know. Again, I, this is the fourth question is where I have to remind everyone not your favorite because it's so easy to go there. Okay. If you were a genre of music, persona, what genre would you be? I love a good bass line. Okay. I don't know, like, but I can't. That narrows it down, though. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of genres who don't care about bass. Yeah. Shout out to Megan Trainer. They don't care. Hey, I love pop music, but I yeah. like, I think, just I'll be dated to probably early 2000s pop. Okay. Or, I don't know, That's this is a really hard question. But That's I like, like a, peak Timberlake. Yeah. Timberland baselines. Oh my gosh, that yeah. was. Can I go that? I want that to be my answer. I think yeah. you might be cheating a little bit, but it, you did say early 2000 mm-hmm. pop. Yeah. It's either going to be it's either going to be really funky. Okay. Like in an 80s Motown way. Okay. Or so it's got to be Not like Bruno Mars funk. I love Bruno Mars. Okay. So he could count. But he I feel like he's I feel like he is pulling references from oh, 100%. that golden era. Yeah, yeah, for so sure. So Either that would be my genre or probably overly lyrical stuff that you have to think about. Because I'm a long-winded person. Okay. If I were a genre of music, it would be something you'd have to pay attention to <laughs> in order to enjoy it. So, so now we've gone from JT with Timberland to like Beethoven concertos or something Definitely symphonic. not that far. <laughs> okay. I'm not that smart. I feel like that's a smart person's answer. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Wow, what's yours? Hip hop. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. I'm 100% hip hop. Also appreciate a good baseline, but also love mastery of words, right? So yes. written, verbal, etc. It's like the it's poetry in motion, literally. I yeah. love it. I love it. That brain skill of being able to adapt at light speed with your words oh, yeah. and that it's recall crazy. is just incredible to me. Yeah, 100%. Last but not least, if you were an animal, you saw it coming. You had to have seen it coming. If you were an animal, what animal would you be? Man, an animal. A dolphin. A dolphin. Sociable creatures. Yep. They're, but they get to be free. And yeah. I like that. They have a little bit of troll to them, too, which I can, like a little sarcasm. Yeah. They're like the Redditors of the ocean, like... They, they, they have a sense of humor. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah, that's good. So would you say that you are, let me read it back to you, a Nashville plum mint tea, early 2000s pop, think Timberlake and Timberland, dolphin kind of person? Yeah, that's probably how I'll describe myself from now on. Okay, you're welcome. I'll send it to you yeah, after you, so you can update your bios. <laughs> so speaking of music and early 2000s pop, this is a little bit sooner. We're moving into the deep dive portion of the show now. Again, buckle yeah, buckle up. Yeah. Talk to me about this mug. Oh, this Spice Girls mug that I miss, and I don't know where it went. <laughs> oh, no. It didn't make the move with you? I bought that in 2008 at the Spice Girls reunion tour in Chicago. That's unbelievable. It was epic. It was so epic that, like, I blacked out, and I barely remember the show. because Just I just from the music. The <laughs> but, yeah, not, like, I didn't just order that Spice Girls mug. That didn't just fall into my lap. I drove from Des Moines to... Chicago bought a hundred dollar nosebleed t- ticket and purchased that thirty dollar mug myself. That's <laughs> even better of a story than I thought. I was expecting. Oh, it's a vintage store in Portland. I used to go every day. That's so much better. Oh, I'm proud of that thing. I don't yeah. know where it went though. I'm so sad. So, what about this dress? Did it make the move? Oh yeah, this is a 
Wow, you must know a lot about me now. <laughs> <laughs> that was for... It was then that she realized what yeah. she's gotten into. Yeah, here I am. This was for a themed recital for voice lessons. Okay. Oh. Is this around the time you fell into music? I, th I, I think I was in... I joined the church choir when sure. I was like eight years old. In um, Iowa. In Iowa, yeah. yeah. And this is in Iowa, too. I think this is junior year of high school. Yep, would have been spring of junior year of high school. And I think I found that, my mom found that for me at a thrift store saying Greenfinch and Linnetbird from... Those are both towns in Iowa? Uh, Greenfinch and Linnetbird? Linnetbird, I think. Like, it's been a long time. This is a deep cut memory, but it's okay. from Sweeney Todd. Oh, okay. So it was like I was trying to look like the heroine in a weird... Obscure musical. It's fantastic, by the way. Big Johnny Depp fan. Yeah, so good. It is really good, like abnormally good, but not as good as your fashion endeavors. Oh. And so on screen, can find these. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, so this photo is of like a end-of-the-year fashion show for a high school program that I was a part of. There was a kind of an arts and magnet school that was downtown Des Moines that offered classes that my high school out in the suburbs didn't offer, one of which okay. was a fashion design intensive class. So for junior year and senior year of high school, I took half the day off of school, like my regular school, and went yeah. to this commuter school and learned how to sew and make a collection. And then at the end of the year, we had like a capstone fashion show for people yeah. to come to. And we had to do an avant-garde piece. So I went to Burger King and I got... Like how many did it take? A hundred? Yeah. That's wild. I don't remember how many it was. It's been a really long time, but yeah, then I stapled them together. It's amazing. Have you always been creative? Yeah. Like even when you were knee high to a toadstool? Totally. I don't know. What's the saying? Yeah. I'm basically like raised as an only child. Like I have two sisters that are 10 years older than I am, but yeah. I had a lot of time alone. And so like in okay. my room and a lot of art supplies at my disposal. So yeah. I spent a lot of time in my imagination and. Yeah, I've always, there's always something going on upstairs. <laughs> yeah, and so that usually works its way out in mm -hmm. art, music, fashion, other. That's all I can think of right now. Yeah, writing. Writing, yeah. probably. You write your own music, on lyrics? Yep. Yeah, that's certainly a creative outlet as well. And speaking of writing, you've been published. This is a slightly different kind of picture than the previous two we've seen. What's going on here? As I, in my early 20s, as I was exploring the kind of identity I wanted to have for myself yeah. as a grown woman, I was curious about the fashion industry, having done the fashion program in high school, and it was a big Cosmo girl. Big Cosmopolitan Magazine fan. Subscriber? Oh, yeah. Totally. Wow. And for a couple years, they did a conference for Cosmo superfans, anyone that wanted to attend, to go. And they would basically, it was such a cool event. Pretty much, it's like they performed the magazine live or something. Like they, this is in New York? This is in New York. I flew to New York two years in a row for this because I liked it so much the first time I went again. Oh, wow. But they basically set up a conference that was all day influencers, women leaders, entertainment personalities talking about just being inspirational and talking about their jobs very candidly. Yeah. And it was called Fun Fearless Life. And it was a, huh. yeah, it was a, I'm not being as articulate as I want to be, but it was a really well organized way for someone like me who considered the entertainment world to be so otherworldly, to be so sure. outside of my reach. It gave me an access point to go and sit 
in a chair and watch this turnstile of celebrities and public personalities come and talk about their lives candidly. It was very humanizing to the it was very humanizing to the uh, entertainment world like, to me oh, in I a see, way, yeah. which I thought was really fabulous. And at the time, I thought maybe I wanted to write for Cosmo or okay. something. And they did have an opportunity that they opened up to. And this is where you're getting at with being published. I think. sure, yeah. They had an opportunity for people who wanted to submit articles to Hearst to get published based on certain prompts. So I went through their application process and I started to receive prompts. And one of the prompts that they sent was, I used to be famous and now I'm not. And so I took this prompt because I had in a couple years prior been a beauty queen. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And one of the many lives that you live. I've lived a few lives at this point. But I was Miss Oregon in the Miss America organization for year 2011. And it's a really fascinating experience to to celebrity overnight. You go from being a wannabe contestant to being the face of an organization in a matter of seconds. And then for 365 days... You are, you're the face on all the merch. You're the one that they get signed up for the speaking events. You tour the state and go to Miss America and compete for that title. And it holds a lot of public persona responsibility. And it's rare anymore that anyone would know who their Miss State is. I don't know who Miss Tennessee is right now. But there's still a lot of opportunities that can be opened up to someone who holds that title. Well, Um, I think of the Miss States, and correct me if I'm wrong, but like, they're almost like internal ambassadors. A lot of ambassadors would go to other countries and say, this is American culture. How can we translate? Whereas Miss States often internal ambassadors, this is what the org is about. This is what our state is about. And like embodying that, that culture. Is that accurate? Or? I think that's accurate. Okay. And it used to be, it's not what it once was 50 years ago sure. when Miss States were making a lot of money and going around the state and kind of taking this responsibility on and there was such few programming that people still watch there was there just wasn't as much on tv so people watched the miss america pageant more regularly and people knew what was going on but anymore there's still a lot of weight to it that's a whole that's a whole other topic for a whole other day probably but for that article which is why we brought this up i wrote and i wrote about my experience and well to get in cosmo.com which is really that is awesome yeah maybe we'll link that article in the show notes if it's okay by you yeah Yeah. Uh, it is a good read everyone so you you did win miss oregon but you're really a miss iowa that's where you spent the majority of your upbringing is that right you graduated high school yeah i'm yeah i'm from waukee iowa which is west of des moines yeah it's a suburb how do you think (laughs) that kind of life suburban des moines suburban Iowa has framed your worldview now, right? Earlier you were talking about like the cities that you wanted to visit, DC, New York, Nashville, Chicago, yeah, et cetera. Like what about being brought up in Iowa has stuck with you even through these many lives that you've led versus some things that maybe you're okay leaving behind or not leaving behind and forgetting, but maybe leaving behind just in Iowa. And every time you go back home, it's reminiscent. Iowa is pretty flat. Iowans won't tell you that. They'll say there's a lot of hills, but it is actually pretty flat. It's just different heights of corn. Different heights (laughs) of corn. That's funny. I've never used that before, but I might use that. There's limited to the grid. Okay. If you don't have any land of your own. And I am from a suburb, so things were pretty well paved. And so your life had to live in between the paved things from your friend's basement to school to the mall, to the football game, yep. and back home. 
And then back into your room where, like I said, I spent a lot of time developing a wild imagination. (laughs) So I think with that, you do develop a wild imagination about the world and cities and what it would mean to live there. Because there's this sense that everywhere that you live might be more exotic than where you are. <laughs> For <laughs> and sure, so yeah. it creates this this hunger. It, in me, it created a hunger. Some people, they really get by well in the comfort of having a hometown and they can thrive there and they don't have the curiosity to see the outside world because everything's so self-contained there. You can have everything you need and have a quiet, lovely life. But for some of us, people who leave, like yeah. myself, it creates this kind of, fiery curiosity to go out and see as much as I possibly can because I feel like there's so much that happens in the world that you're not exposed to as a kid, which I think right. for better and for worse. I think there's a naivety to my personality that allows me to see things through rose-colored glasses sometimes, sure. but there's also an appetite to understand the world more, and mm-hmm. that's what's led me to live a couple cities around yeah. the country and always keep one eye open for what might be next. Yeah, that's amazing. I grew up, or I didn't grow up, I grew up everywhere, but graduated high school from a town called Farmville. It's exactly what you think. Wow. But And I had the same kind of inclination. Something I've noticed as I've lived in different cities is I have friends that grew up in New York and the places that we would call home and mundane and between the paved pieces, right, they see as exotic. And so it's interesting, like, putting yeah. ourselves in other people's shoes and having the empathy to say, oh, this place is exotic. And so everywhere we, we go, take a piece of that, and that becomes, like, part of our aggregate self, which is a pretty pretty interesting thing, I think. So as an accidental beauty queen, fashion designer, musician, writer, publisher, Cosmopolitan conference goer. What did you want to be when you grew up? I think I really wanted to be a singer. And okay. the because singing has always been my first love. If I'm if I'm in my house by myself, I'm probably singing. If I'm in the car, I'm probably singing. It's yep. what I do. And it was something that I was decent enough to get into the to get into the choirs when I was in school. And I sure. think they're you're just impressionable when you're yep. growing up. And I think that becomes part of that became part of my identity early on. Yeah. But because I loved it so much, I didn't want to pursue it because I was afraid that if I pursued it with the level of energy that you pursue a job, that I would fall out of love with it. So it took me until I was like 25 years old to say, I think I actually want to be a singer now. Yeah. (laughs) And I'm actually, I need to go figure out what that means because I've always really wanted to do that. Do you want to be famous again? Famous again. It's hard to say if I was even really famous the first time. Yeah. (laughs) At least like G list celebrity, right? Z if that's even an option. Um, I understand the responsibility of being in the spotlight and the function that it serves and how to do that job in a way that would be an advantage over someone that had not done that job before. Yeah. Because it is a job to be in the public spotlight. Lots of responsibilities. Yeah. It's something that at its best is absolutely electrifying to know that what you have to say and what your opinion is and who you are could be of value to someone else. There's something about that appeals to me just as an artist as a creator i have this inherent need to make and to give right so that kind of comes with the territory of if you're doing something really well creatively you have to give it to people and if you're going to give it to people they're going to want more of it and if they're going to want more of it 
then it's this never ending cycle where you better be ready for people to want more of you. Yeah. Wow. So with that's want to be famous just for the sake of being famous. No, I think I would be taking a different path in my life and it would probably involve a lot more plastic surgery. <laughs> and, I don't know, a lot more gloss yeah. than I have if that was really, if that was really the goal, but there's something really motivating about knowing that you can impact people with your message and what you have to say, which my favorite part of the job was going around to smaller communities yeah, and being able to engage with people that don't have access to entertainment and may never they may never oh, go see a yeah. big major concert in their life do you play smaller shows now because of that i'm trying to intentionally yeah, yeah. but cool. i'm still just getting off the ground with my music career sure in that sense so yeah. that's part of that's what i'm working on right now yeah that's awesome and that's a good segue here so 2018 first open mic night what made you take that step i know you either actually or proverbially keep a bucket list Sure. Was that one of the things on your bucket list and you just decided, hey, it's time to check it off? Oh, yeah. I was over. Yeah. I felt like I was overdue at that point. Okay. I was kicking the can on actually getting out and doing it. What do you think that barrier was? Confidence in my ability to play guitar. Interesting. I, I decided I wanted to move to Nashville in 2016 and I bought a guitar like within months of that. Was that George? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's so funny. I forgot that I forgot that name. You know a lot about me. Yes. Yeah. We like do a, our work here. Yeah, really. Yeah. It was like a Nardwar. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I couldn't pull off that hair. But. <laughs> never say never. Yeah. That's, um, if Elon can do it, I can do it. Yeah. Yeah. So I bought a guitar like when I moved to Nashville in 2016. So I did, couldn't really couldn't play anything okay. on guitar. I just bought it and had to figure out how to play it. And I knew yeah. that I and I hadn't written any songs. So there was like a year or so that it took me just like actually figuring out how to play chords and write yeah, a song. That's fascinating. You were a singer trying to figure out how to become a musician. Yes. Yeah. And self-taught? I took some lessons. Okay. Some Somewhat self-taught. Like I got through some of the cowboy chords. Yeah. G, C, D, E minor. Yeah. yeah. And I'm still pretty much at that level, just a little yeah. bit better. Okay. <laughs> the cowboy yeah. chords. Enough to play a gig, but that's about it. Okay. Do you think that, I don't want to call it a limitation, but certainly parameter around your ability to musically express. Do you think that has defined what genres you are like in and what genres you play in and the kind of music you write? Or it's, no, it's actually the other way around. I know what kind of music I like to write and want to write. And then I figure out how to make it. It's limiting. Okay. Yeah, it is limiting. Yeah. Uh, it's allowed. There's not everyone likes to eat one type of food. Not everyone likes to listen to one type of music. Sure. And it would be so thrilling to be able to express myself in every genre that I yeah. love. But out of convenience and what I just conveniently happen to be into right now yeah. is country music and have been yeah. for years and years. And so it's like, I love the format. I love. I like the way that songs get written. And I like that it's accessible to me and my skill set. Yeah. So that's something that I can run towards. And this is yeah. the Caroline Kid project. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And that's the current iteration of you, or do you always keep a few proverbial balls in the air? Like, how does how do you think through that? I have. There was a project I did before Caroline Kid. Pray Rain. Pray Rain. Yeah. yeah. And that was that would be an example of music that I love to make that I can't make myself. So when you yeah. say, is that limiting? I'd say yes, because I, I love the Prey Rain project. It was so fun, but 
It no. would take me a lot of upskilling in a digital audio workstation yeah. to get my brain to get my brain on paper. Yeah. And it just hasn't it's been more important to me to express myself through lyrics and so that's led me down this path of yeah. country music which I think ultimately is a better expression of who I am as a person. So that's how that gets prioritized. Got it. And it sounds like to me like you know what the limiting factors are. You taught yourself guitar. Very self-made woman as striking me. Why not learn dolls? Why not pursue breaking down more limitations? I just don't have enough hours in the day. Yeah. There's only 24. <laughs> yeah. And uh, when I spend too much time with the computer, I get sad. <laughs> I mean, I just... Yeah. It's just not what I want to do. I like that I can, that music can still be an escape. I can go play my guitar for a little while or do a co-write with other people and just yep. sit around and engage in an analog fashion. That's, mm -hmm. That makes me feel connected to the art. And when I've, whenever I'm really still like doing art for the sake of art, that makes it feel better. And then when I start to think more about being competitive, and I, I would get, I would upskill to a DAW as a competitive advantage, but it would take away time from just harvesting inspiration. Right. And there's a lot of people out there that they get their inspiration from working with people that have ideas. And I'd much rather find a team, find someone else who loves doing that, who loves producing to work with. Right. Like I find one thing that I never anticipated about music, which you just can't really understand it from the outside, is just how much of a team sport it is. Yeah. It brings me a lot of satisfaction and joy to think that I might be able to bring people opportunities, throw a producer some money to do what they love, and I get a product that I feel passionate that allows me to express a story that I want to tell or a vibe that I'm trying to capture. I love that yeah. not everyone can be the drummer and the lead singer at the same time. So I, it's... It would be awesome to do it all the time, be able to do it all myself, but I find that it's I'm always happier with the outcome when it's a team sport. Yeah, that's a, that's an amazing point. That It's not just music either, right? Like, it's so many walks of life require other, not necessarily require others, but they're more joyous. They're more mm -hmm. rewarding when others are involved, which is pretty cool. So I want to go back to the um, the moment, in my mind, the moment that you started something specifically this music journey right he said the thing the moment you said okay confidence is there my guitar skills they're fine i'm sure you weren't like thrilled with it etc how did you get over that obstacle to say it's time or did you just sign up like karaoke and it was just like i guess i'm doing this now yeah okay showed up yeah drink a beer yeah got on stage <laughs> did you drink a beer before signing up Actually, I don't know. I actually usually don't <laughs> so, drink anywhere near. A if you don't remember, the answer is yes. yes. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I don't know. I blacked. I blacked out. I haven't thought about that date in a long time. Is it Cafe Coco? Because they do the Tuesdays and Thursdays. Oh yeah, yeah. I don't know if they still do that. It's been a long time since I've gone there. But yeah, um, I don't know either. That's cool. Because would you consider that the moment that the current music projects really started, or is there something before them? I would say the music project started probably a year before I even moved here and when I yeah. decided that I was going to pursue music in some form or fashion I was going yeah. to karaoke a lot with my friends in Oregon and I had performed at Planet Hollywood I had sang the national anthem at NBA games and right. I had sang arias on stages all across the state of Oregon I had yep. done a lot as a performer and I 
the only outlet that I had for myself was singing Jolene at <laughs> Joe's Cellar. So that's actually not true. My song is Call Me by Blondie. Okay. Uh, we do not Chanson Bohem. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine doing oh that in God. a karaoke? <laughs> um, anyway, no, I don't bring opera to karaoke. Yeah. But yeah, so I don't know. I'm at a dive bar yeah. doing karaoke with my friends and one of my buddies who used to work for Live Nation and had been very close in the marketing side of the music world in Oregon. I was like, I've seen a lot worse singers come through and make it. <laughs> He's like, you should like, probably thanks. do this. Yeah. yeah. No, I don't remember how exactly he said it, but he was like, you could probably do it if you wanted to. He's, you just need to have four songs. And I was like, four songs. And I just, it's like a very permanent memory that plays out in slow motion in my mind you think about all the million of forgettable times you go to a bar but uh it just that conversation was very permanent for me and that really that was the start of it i was like i know i'm going to do it but i don't know how it's going to manifest it's interesting that you say you don't know how it's going to manifest but very early like he gave you a quantitative concrete goal yes you need four songs and it's, I don't think it's an accident to me that you consider that the mo- there's a lot of people out there that may be listening or whatever, and they're thinking like, oh, if I could sew, or if I could craft, or if I could write music or art. And there's all these dreams, mm-hmm. and until it becomes like concrete, like this gentleman planted yeah. in your head, incepted in your head, does that resonate? Is it? Do you think it sticks out in your mind so much because it was the first concrete thing where the dream became an action? It was, it was a bridge to the entertainment world that I never knew existed. I felt I thought that you had to have been a Mickey Mouse star in order to be anyone <laughs> in music, but yeah. that's not true. He, he said there people start all the time, you, and they start at all different levels. They open mm-hmm. for the opener for the opener, and yep. you can bite off smaller pieces before you take on Sony Music. Yep. And I think coming from relatively small town that just seemed like crossing a line into the land of the demigods (laughs) because these celebrities are like as immortal as jesus to you because you just see the pictures and you hear about them and yeah it doesn't feel real but to have someone give you a homework assignment and say that could help you start he said he said i could help you and i'm like he was never i don't know if that was ever going to be a relationship that we had but he helped me plenty yeah what would you do if someone just Gave you a four bullet to do list. I don't know. I'd probably try to do it. Yeah. Especially if I thought it was going to change my life. Sure. And it was something I was already passionate about. Yeah. And someone that I, whether through relationship or profession or whatever, implicitly trusted. Like this guy obviously knew what he was telling you. He knew about what he was telling you. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's someone with a Michelin star handing you a grocery list. Yeah. For like, sure. Got to go to the store. Yeah. Everyone's got to put the same ingredients into it. Yeah. Those were mine. Yeah. It's awesome. And so the time from that point to the decision point to move here was how long? About a year? What happened during that year? Oh my gosh. Just like the universe just started to crumble around me. Okay. I started to date more dead end guy. I tried. <laughs> when I tell you There's... how many hobbies I tried in Portland to try to make my love affair with that city work, it's exhausting. I worked at a chiropractic office. I worked at a hair salon. I took trapeze lessons. I took sewing classes. I did an internship for a reality TV star. I the like that yeah. I've had. There was a lot of versions of me in a very short amount of time. Trying to make it work. I always think of Portland like a 
like an ex, I wish it would have worked out with. Like, we tried. Yeah. They're a very beautiful person. Seems like your relationship but... <laughs> with Portland was always one-sided. Oh, my gosh. Puns from my own life. <laughs> this is such a deep cut, Derek. <laughs> you know me, like, better than yeah, yeah. most people now. Yeah. One-sided single from Prey Ranga listened to it across 100,000 streams recently, which is amazing. Congrats, Thanks. by the way. So there was also this moment the same year. So post moving to Nashville, you do the one, the open mic. There's also this moment in 2018 where you told an Uber driver that you were an artist. Was that the first time? Yeah. That your primary identity was an artist musician. Yeah. Does that stick out to you? I'll, I'll never forget that ride. Had you ever told yourself that before? No, but I had a friend tell me that one time. Interesting. And... I'll never forget it. It was one of the it was one of the biggest gifts. Some people enter your life for a reason. And there is a good friend of mine who I met in Oregon, and we were into we were trying to do sketch comedy on YouTube. At the time. Okay. Never took off. That checks so I, out though. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> part of the wheelhouse on random shit I've done. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. At one point, because he and I used to go and get into these long arguments about whether you should put as much art out as possible or whether you should wait for it to be perfect. Okay. Yeah. And so it's an age-old um, question, I think. Yeah, he was always wait till it should be perfect, and I was like, no, put out as much as possible. Yeah. So that was that was our push and pull. And he, and yeah, he told me that I was an artist, and it was just the first time that anyone had ever told me that because I had never thought that. Hmm. I, it, I always thought that I was someone who wanted to be an artist, someone who admired artists, had my favorite artists, but the artists were of a different breed, a different cut of cloth or something. Yeah. So. You didn't make it work in Portland or couldn't make it work in mm -hmm. Portland. Some may say wouldn't make it work in Portland. Maybe yeah. it's supposed to be here. Fast forward, you moved to Nashville. 2018, big year. First open mic, you tell yourself and others that you're an artist for maybe the first time. Fast forward another couple years, still in Nashville. What's going on now? Where are you in the journey now? To 2023? Sure. Sure. I'm... I feel like an important detail of my time in Nashville is that I haven't just pursuing music. Sure. Like I moved to town with this guitar I didn't know how to play and I started yeah. applying for jobs on Craigslist and had this weird, I, I personally have a strange job history. I am a philosophy major yeah. that has fashion design background and musical background and I was a beauty queen. Yeah. It's just, and I also volunteered with the Miss Oregon program for a couple of years doing business development, like doing booking for Miss Oregon. My my job history is a weird thing to put in front of someone. Like they'd have to take a risk on a junior yeah. level employee. But I had a friend who was working for an IT recruiting firm in town. Okay. It's just a small 10 person shop. And they were looking for a recruiter and recruiter is an entry level kind of sales type role. recruiting. And I ended up taking that job because it was that or work at work another front desk job. Right. I was just about to explode working at front desks, feeling like my brain could do more than this. Not that it's not a great job for a lot of people, but it just wasn't what it wasn't creatively stimulating to me. Sure. And so I was like, sure, let's try recruiting. So uh, music took up a 10 percent, 10 to 20 percent of my life. Okay. Or the five to nine, the learn about it, take the scenic mm -hmm. route. While I started to learn about Nashville from the business standpoint. And the, uh, yeah, so getting involved with Nashville from like a technology, from my technology sales seat. Sure. And so 
that that's been a lot of my creative energy over the past few years. I don't, this is a long conversation, a lot about me, which is like <laughs> almost anxiety inducing, but these questions keep coming. Yeah. I just feel like I have to give the answer as it actually is. Like you asked, how is my, how have things progressed since 2018? And the answer is I got a job that I didn't expect I'd be really passionate about, which is working for 40AU for this dev shop. Yeah. And it's a team of software engineers. There's 130 of them now. Yeah. And I get to kind of, it's it feels like it runs in parallel with my music pursuit because a lot of people that work for our company are developers and this is the job that they want to do. The dream job that they went to school for or they went back to school for to reinvent themselves or they just got really passionate about writing code and taught themselves. And so my job is getting to be a talent agent. Yep. I go out and I get to find the stage for them to go sing on. Oh, that's cool. And I think about that in my own life and can treat it with the same intensity that I would hope that someone would treat my artistic pursuit as someone who loves to sing and be on stage and create music. That's allowed me to learn about business and kind of get a lot of confidence back as far as like someone who's pursuing a career or someone who wants to, you know, be in charge of my own destiny yeah. over the past few years. And I think that built up a lot of confidence that helped me finally get to a point music wise where I was like, okay, I think I've learned, I've taken the scenic route. I've learned a little bit about business. I learned a little bit more about music. I think I need needed to see both sides of those things in order to actually make music be a stable part of my life and yeah. not, um, not a fleeting part of my life. So, so I've been pursuing my music from a more of a business standpoint recently. That's awesome. Do you feel like you're in your bag now? Like you feel like this is what I'm supposed to be doing? I don't, I'm like a plateau. Yeah. This is all I have right now. My life is in a really cool chapter. Okay. I have this job that I really like that has opened up new areas of my brain. Okay. To, it's given me a lot of validation. It's given me a lot of opportunity to meet interesting people and just become a better, smarter, contributing member of society. Yeah. I also have this music thing, which I've learned how to express myself with. I've also learned how to assemble a team to help me express myself better. And getting to the point where I had those, been able to create these two worlds for myself to live is really awesome. And now I have to ask myself, where do I want to take these things? Yeah. Because that was never the goal. The goal was just get here get a job I like, make music and like the music that I make. And that was like enough of a journey as it is. And I feel like I'm finally just like being like, okay, shit, we got here, but what's next? Yeah. So last question along those lines. Okay. And then we'll wrap up, I promise. Okay. You've lived a lot of lives. Even when you talk about your current life, it's chapter, right? Yeah. Do you feel like you're building Caroline McGowan or do you feel like you're acting in a number of different roles in sequence. Oh yeah, this is all part of a master plan. Yeah. Yeah, this is, I feel like karmically, like I'm in probably sure. one of my last lives. I feel like I have always had this innate intention with every choice that I've made while I've been making it for the sake of the future looking back, which might just be an absolute delusion. I'm <laughs> so aware of that, but. You also won't know. Like, it's almost yeah. impossible to know whether that's accurate or not until. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Until, yeah. yeah if, and, and, until the apocalypse comes right. yeah. and we meet whatever maker there is. <laughs> yeah. um, 
Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, no, this is all part of the master plan. I want to live a big, full life. I feel like I'm an artist. Yeah. And I think my medium is my life, mm -hmm. my days, and the people I fill it with, and the projects that I fill it with, and the travels that I go on, and everything contributes to who I hope to be as a person. I just want to be, at the end of the day, I want to look like I came out of a burning, smoking building. Yeah. And you'd be like, whew, that was great. <laughs> That's so, awesome. Yeah. Very cool. So we wrap up with some favorite spots around town. Favorite spot to eat. Anything. Could be fancy. Could be dive. Could be anything. Thistle Farms. Okay. Yeah. I love Thistle Farms. The cafe right, yep. right here? Anywhere you can get a chicken salad sandwich in this town, you'll find me. Okay. I love a chicken salad sandwich. What can I say? That's a fun one. <laughs> favorite coffee shop. Man, I don't know. Yeah, there's a lot. I. Or mint tea shop, as it were. Mint tea shop. <laughs> also, Thistle Farms. Oh my god! <laughs> no, my favorite coffee shop is probably Steadfast. Okay. I go there the most, but I have a bone to pick with them right now because I feel like the last five times that I've gone, my cup yeah. has been leaking. Oh my gosh! I know. At the seam. Yep, at the seam, and so I keep going. Ah. It's like this. It's, I feel like I'm in like a, a Seinfeld episode. Every time yeah. I go, it's like, it's my favorite coffee shop. But the cups, so they're always leaking. And do you tell them? Do you tell them that the cups are leaking? Right. Or do you just let it go? They don't have any control over the cups. They just buy them. Yeah. Anyway, okay. I'll stop with that comedy bit. No. <laughs> Everybody loves Larry David. So have you tried turning the lid to line up with the seam? That was always my trick. This? No, on the coffee cup that leaks. Oh. So the sippy part, if it's opposite the seam it will leak less steadfast if you're listening that doesn't recuse you from having bad cups <laughs> however <laughs> maybe a trick i don't know i'll have to try it yeah uh, i don't know it's always too late by the time i find out yeah you know what I mean? <laughs> you're like in the car <laughs> right, coffee's like, all oh over. yeah it's, it's on my sleeve yeah anyway 100 percent. so we've covered chicken salad we've covered coffee about favorite spot for drinks or to go out or do an open mic where should people be going Nightlife. I got to shout out Bobby's Idle Hour. Okay. I love Bobby's. I don't go there enough. I used to live closer and pop in all the time. But you can actually go to Bobby's Idle Hour and play a little game of I Spy because they hung my old Miss Oregon photo on the wall of headshots. <laughs> <laughs> that's how much I used to go to Bobby's Idle Hour. But Josh is awesome. And I feel like that's an amazing place to just catch some songwriters and actually get part of the heart of the National Songwriting Community. I always yeah. felt like that was somewhere that I could go by myself and it wouldn't be weird. Like I didn't go to just drink by myself. I went because I knew that if I sat at the bar long enough, like I'd strike up a conversation, yep. make a new friend, or find something in common with someone. So I think that makes that place really special. Very cool. What would you say to someone out there right now listening who's heard your story? They're wrestling with starting something. They're wrestling with their next chapter. They're trying to put together these pieces where they can do their passion stably. What piece of advice, if any, would you give to them? First, I'd say be brutally honest with what you want. With I'd yourself? Say, yeah. I wanted to sing for a lot longer than I knew how to ask for. So I would say learn how to ask for help tactfully. I think sometimes people take that too far. Start asking yeah. everyone for help. Start First, be brutally honest with what it is that you really want that would be almost, it feels almost overwhelming to think about. It makes your cheeks hot and you go, oh gosh, really me? I really couldn't possibly think of something so amazing in my life, yep. like a genie level wish. 
I think that's what we really want. I think you have to be that honest. And then I would say one thing that I feel like has worked for me is take a scenic route. And if it's helped me a lot to have a full-time job while I've been pursuing my art because I've been able to pay for things like guitar lessons when I needed them because you need people on your team. And if it's someone's job to help people in a way that you need that help professionally, don't be afraid. Put yourself in, see if you can put yourself in a position to be able to work with those people and like still support yourself along the way. I think it's just been really helpful. Listen, I would love to pursue music full time. I would love to have that be my primary source of income, but I also would have never discovered that I actually really like the business world if I Mm -hmm. had been limited in my view of what I could do to support myself. So I would say be realistic about making money so that you can make things happen for yourself and be brutally honest about what it is that you want. That's fantastic advice. And for those of you listening, the dichotomy between all of the many lives and things that Caroline has done while also taking the scenic route is not to be ignored. Go slow and over time you'll have a plethora of experiences. Time to shamelessly plug. Where can people follow you, find you online, music you want to plug, etc.? If you're from the business world, you can find me on LinkedIn. My name is Caroline McGowan and I work for a company called 48U. If you are into what I'll call road trip country. You can find me on Instagram or Spotify or any of your streaming platforms as Caroline Kid. That is K-I-D. Yeah. And if you just don't be shy about reaching out if you're in yeah. Nashville and you just want to network, I love to network and build community and make this town smaller. That's an open invitation. That's awesome. Give Wyoming a listen. It's fantastic. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Have a great one.